interview with Michael Roach on the 30th of oh, the 3rd of August 2007 by Rhett Bartlett. <laughs> if there's anything you don't want to say, just tell me to stop and you're entitled to it. I'll just put that there, that's right. Yeah, is that a, do you want me to come closer? Or? Uh, yeah, we might. I'll put it there. You know? Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Can you tell Michael? No worries. My first question is, what is it with Tasmanian football and Richmond players who can kick goals? <laughs> yourself? Royce? Yeah. Richard? Richard? Have you ever thought to yourself? What, what, no. What a generator? No, I, no, I haven't. I've never... I don't know why that would be. I, I just... Well, most of the guys that are there are fairly tall, like Royce, even though Royce was six foot two, I suppose. Yeah. Um, he came over as a forward, and I came over as a forward, and I suppose Richo came over as a forward, right. and, and we weren't told to go and play in the back line, I suppose. No, we right. instantly, obviously, knew how to kick a goal. So whether it was what we did all our junior career, I don't know. But Had you, Were you a forward in your junior career? Yeah. Any other positions at all? I played Ruck because right. I was tall. Absolutely. Uh, well, I suppose I was always the tallest at my school, so uh, that means I played the rack, basically. But in those days, you know, you just play anywhere where you got a kick, so you'd follow the ball around. There was never any sort of team structure. So the best players usually played on the... or the better players played on the ball, I suppose. And then, um, and then when when I made the Tassie schoolboys, I played as a forward. I played full forward to the right. Tassie schoolboys. So. Were you always a reliable kick? Um, Always a, a reasonably long kick, but no set routine. Right? So yeah. um, until Royce got a hold of me, right. and uh, when I started to kick goals in '79, was he there a skills? He coach? had a Cassie as a skills coach. Yeah, right. skills coach. And when I started to kick goals in '79, Royce was still, I think, he'd already gone to. No, he gone to Footscray. Yeah, yeah, I think he'd gone to Footscray in right in 1980. Yeah, I think he'd gone to Footscray. Yeah. In '79. Royce got hold of me and, and got me to kick it as a routine, just to set a routine up to kick for goal, and I, I basically kept that routine all through my footy career. It's not a stupid question. Can I ask what the routine was? Royce had six points. Yeah, certainly. Uh, make sure after you take the mark that you get back far enough from the man the mark, because what you don't want is you don't want the the um, uh, man on the mark to interfere with your concentration. So sure. always make sure you get back. Then, then he'd say, pick a spot out to kick to, right. behind the goals, yeah. which I did. Um, and then basically, I've had so many steps to come in, and, and I never ever knew I took so many, but I took 11 steps to kick the goal, and I never really realised that until, you know, my routine, I count them, and I, did, I used to take 11. So, so I knew how far to get back, to, uh, pick a spot out, keep your head down after you kick the ball. You know, like, don't look up to see where the ball's gone. Yeah. Uh, and and kick with enough power so that the, when the ball, um, if it's windy or it loses its power, it usually will drop away to one side. So you kick with enough power to get the ball through the, the goals. And it worked for it? Uh, I, I never changed it. Yeah. And I always had, I had that bit of paper that Royce wrote out for me and I had it in my sock. I'd have it in my sock before a game. I miss, if I miss a couple early, I'd usually know what... I would have done wrong right. because I looked up, you know, or I yeah. you didn't kick through it, or I stepped at it, or something like that. And then at half time, I'd head off into the dunny or something yeah. and just read that, or pull it out of my bag, or pull it out of my sock, or wherever right. I had it at that stage. Well, the same thing, maybe kept through it, you And I've still got, I've still, 
I haven't got that bit of paper. I don't know where that's got, but I have rewritten the the steps of kicking the goal. Yeah. Yeah. So Roy's given you that, and now you've actually passed that on in general. I, look, I, I, I took Richo for some goal kicking in uh, about 1990-91 when Richo first came to the club. Um, and we tried to go through the same routine with Richo and he, he took that on board. Um, and since then, he's probably had another 15 different routines. <laughs> but the year he, he kicked 90 goals, uh, the year that, uh, it was 91, I think it was. He 91, basically the year after he'd done his knee. So while we're, we're on to the, the topic of kicking, your best season at Richmond would be what? Um, well, 1980 was the most goals I kicked in the year, but I, I'd say my my season before when I kicked 1990 yep. in 1979 was a, was a better year because I was, I was straight out of basically from the wing and came on and that went to full forward and then kicked 90 goals in my first year at full forward. Right. And probably, uh, well, I, I missed three games yeah. through, I made the state side and then did my income and missed three games. So maybe I probably, if I, you know, I don't know how I would have gone, but if I had maybe not missed those games, right. I might have been on a really goal kicking. So for you, was that more rewarding than a 100 goals? Uh, no, no, look. I know consistency-wise, maybe. Well, I think that, you know, if you kick 100 goals and you're playing a premiership, I don't think it'd be any better year. <laughs> you know? It'd be nice if maybe I had won the best one. <laughs> but there was no better year than that. I mean, I'm saying that in 79, I probably played a different, more exciting brand of footy because yeah. nobody knew this kid, no. you know, from Tassie, all of a sudden was running around kicking goals. And they probably hadn't worked out how to play on him. I suppose in, in, in 80 and 81, they, they had different different players play on me, you know, that could match what I could do. Right. right. Did you understand the importance of a Richmond player kicking 100 goals? No, no, I didn't. Now I do, yeah. because, um, you know, Skinny Titus had done it, but I didn't, you know, I, I sort of, I, I had met him just before I think he died in, now I came to Richmond in 75, Bill pre-season, but then I came back to Richmond in 77. I right. think Skinny was still alive. Okay. I had many, but I, yep. until I studied up the records of sure. Richmond Football Club, I didn't realise how great Skinny was. Yep. And to be able to, he kicked 900 goals, and to be able to be up there with the great Skinny Titus was just a real thrill. What was your strength as a player? Um, I'd certainly say kicking, accuracy. Yep. Um, was a strength because there'd be times when I, I maybe could only have four or five kicks, but if I kick four or five goals, then I've done my job um, because I, early on, until I hurt my back, I, I was a reasonably straight kick to go. And I'd say that was a strength. And, and obviously, spring was one of the strengths I had early on, and I lost that towards the end. I could jump in. Were you a high jumper? Yeah, high jump. Fantastic. Royce talks about being a high jumper and now yeah. step off two feet on Peter Walker and taking the mark. Yeah, I was a high, I was a high jump. Uh, until they bought in that, that thing called the Fosby flop, yeah. which I was never ever taught to do. I used to do the scissors, you know, the oh, old, you know, you really rip your groin down. <laughs> but, um, I think I ended up, I think I was Northern Tasmanian after 13, high jump, you know, kid. Yeah. Till the next year I go there still doing the scissors and they all doing this Fosby flop and I'm from a, um, a, just a high school in the country that never even heard of the Fosby flop. So then I couldn't I couldn't compete with some of the high jump yeah. people. But certainly early on in my um, 
under 12s, under 13s, under 14s, I was a high jump, you know, high jump. They're the best in the school. Yeah. On the flip side, what were you weak with as a player? Or what? Um, oh, it's a tough one, I know. Yeah, it's, it's hard because obviously the, the other people have different ideas of what, yeah. what your weakness is about. Um, or is it something that you wish you were stronger? Oh, I suppose, you know, be more aggressive. I, I was never an aggressive player. Was, and, and coaches used to, you know, say, look, the bloke my side should be, you know, hurting blokes. It just was never in my nature. And I suppose, I, I, I suppose, yeah, I, I wasn't aggressive. But I, I was determined that yeah. I was never, I'd never run through anybody or do anything like that. It just wasn't in my nature. This is, this is like a conversation we had with Roy Wright. He said the same about Dyer. Mm. He wanted him to run through mm. people with his size. And mm. Roy said, I'm not that yeah. kind of person. Yeah. And the irony is that you, you had, like, Burke as a coach. Yeah. Who's very tough. And yeah. Was, oh, and Tony Jewell. Like so, TJ. Uh, TJ used to say, for goodness sake, you know, hurt somebody. Yeah. But I just probably didn't know how to do it anyway. Sure. It just was just never never ever thought of, you know, being able to help a bloke or knock a yeah. bloke over. Yeah. Um, you know. It was just, just wasn't in my nature. Were you ever reported? I was reported. I was reported for wasting time. <laughs> and I was nearly reported, and I was nearly reported, you can put this in, this be, nearly reported for shaking the goalpost. The umpire said, oh, I'm going to report you. I said, for what? For shaking the goalpost. So I didn't even know it was a rule, you know. There was a stage where the ball was coming in, it was going to hit the post, and I gave it a bit of a shake. Because if it shook enough one way, it was, you know. The umpire's coming, I'm going to report you. I said, well, what for? He did, he did, but I didn't even know there was a rule. But Do you remember against who? No, I can't remember. And you reported time-wasting. Time-wasting? Time what time were you doing, Kevin Smith. I took a two-grab mark. Uh, uh, yeah, took a two-grab mark. The first grab was inside the, the play, and the second grab, which was uh, one that was going, I was going backwards, the second grab was over the line. The umpire blew the whistle coming down the field, blew the whistle for a mark, yep. I quickly turned around thinking that he'd look at the, if he consults with the goal umpire, it's going to be a, sure. you know, a point. So I quickly turned around, kicked the goal, and they turned me around and reported me for kicking the ball into the crowd and wasting time. <laughs> I was shattered, you know. <laughs> I got, it got thrown out. Oh, I've got to say. Yeah, it got thrown out. It only lasted about, I think, that, because umpire Kevin Smith said I blew the whistle for a mark, which, was, which he did do because yeah. he didn't know it was through. And once he said that, I was let off. But I sort of half knew that the ball may have gone over the line, but I quickly turned around and kicked the goal, but got reported to place the line. So that was that and shaking the goalpost. So I'm finding stuff out here I did not even know. <laughs> For a 30 minute interview, this is, this is gold. Um, how old were you when you played in the Premiership? Uh, uh, 21. And how many seasons have you been at the club by that time? Uh, 77, 78, 79, 80, 40 years. Did you think that it was all just a... Yeah. I, I don't know. I think that was probably... Because if you look back at our side, apart from your dad and Francis, if you look back, um, uh, Mark Lee was 20, 21. Flea was 20. Greg Strawn, 21. Jimmy Jess, 22, 23. All Stephen Mount, 19, 20. Most of us were all from the under-19s or wherever. And we thought this could go on forever. Yeah. You know, we... When we won that grand final, they're talking about Richmond being the, the team of the 80s and who's going to beat this young team. Yeah. But unfortunately, 
after 82, we, we'd lost a lot of our fellas that had been there and your dad retired and Francis retired. Basically, that was it. Oh, I had written here Team of the Decade, 1980s. Correct. It was, they said that we would be, and maybe, maybe us blokes think this, this is going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're the Team of the 80s, you know. We just won a grand final, won by a record margin, yeah. and basically it never happened again. I played in 82, but we got beaten when we were favourites in 82 to win the grand final. Is, can you just put it down to the turnover of players who left the club at that stage? Not being successful yeah, after that. Oh, look, I. I think that and a few mistakes were made, um, you know, maybe not recruiting yep. well enough to, but certainly Graham Richmond and Alan Swab and those people went out and got players that they needed to make them successful for the next, you know, we certainly had, you know, Mark Lee, Dale Waitman, Jimmy Jess, you know, Greg Strawn, people, that were, Terry Smith, people that were going to be around the footy club for a long time, but unfortunately, you know, David Cloak, people like that, mm. Jeff Rains, they went and got them from all over the place. Lucky Mildura was in our area, but they got Rainsy when he was tied to Footscray, they got Butch Edwards who was tied to Footscray. They really went and got the best possible ones around, and uh, maybe we stopped doing that. We did, We got Morris Rioli, but you know, we probably didn't really recruit as well as we All the ones that we recruited weren't as good as what we had. But then you lose Brian Wood, um, Jeff Rains. David Cloaks, Terry Smith, St Kilda, Francis retires, Kevin retires. You know, we lost some really good players and, and maybe we weren't as good as, you know, we needed those strong guys around. But we probably fell away a bit. Honestly, do you, did you feel like at any stage after 82 that the Tigers were a chance of making the finals or going all the way? I thought 1985, I think that was, uh, was it Paul Sprouse? Year I thought right. 1985 we we started pretty well, we fell away but I think 1985 we weren't too bad yeah um, but once again you know we didn't make the finals I don't think I think we I know Paul got the flick so obviously mm. didn't do too well but I thought we we were playing reasonable footy yeah. and it was really beat some pretty good sides yeah. but other than that no I don't think we, we didn't think we finished last a few times you know. if we jump back to the grand final of 1980. What instantly comes into your mind? What are the last images that you have? Uh, oh, just or feeling or sound. Yeah, just a just an amazing feeling to and I and I think we we started to really dominate the game basically for the first few minutes, but yeah. um, we probably should have even won by a little bit more. I think we were just waiting us young fellas were probably just waiting for the siren to blow so the game was all over um, and we'd won. But I just think having your parents there and, and your brothers and sisters and, and all the supporters, um, you, you play grand finals for yourself but you, and, and your teammates, but you also play for the Richmond Footy Club or the Richmond supporters. And, and unfortunately, they haven't seen that since 1980. They've been able to cheer, but I just, I just reckon it was yeah, just a fantastic feeling. Having that siren blow it. One of my biggest regrets is swapping my footy jumper. And I, I have got a picture of Jeff Rains and myself. Rains, he's got his Richmond jumper on. I've got a Collingwood, I swapped it with Peter McCormack. Because, I, I, you know, I thought that's what everybody did. Yeah. Uh, and I've got a picture of me running around the MCG with Rainsy holding the cup, me and the Collingwood one. <laughs> Rainsy, the Richmond one, which I think, why would I do that? You know, but. You found any of yourself with the Richmond jumper on holding the cup? Uh, no, 
I hate to say it, but we found a glorious photo of the, of the team doing a lap of honour after it that could go in the book. And they are on the left in the column jumper going, as you can say, we've got the cup. And there's about four or five other yeah. people in that photo too. Which is a bit, uh, yeah. yeah. And I look back now, I, at that time it didn't worry me because, you of course. you know, Peter McCormick said, you want to swap your jumper? Yeah, I swapped, you know. And I, and I have got my jumper back. I've met with Peter and he gave me, I gave him his jumper and he got mine, which I'm wrapped to have my previous jumper. But back then, as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid, you could, you know, if you jump in here, take it, you know. But I wish now, if I look back and I haven't got anything of me in, in my premise. Like the Bulldog here. That's know, right, Darrell Bulldog, the only premiership, and he's got a Collingwood jumper yeah, on. It's true. You know, but, you know, we could probably change it, I suppose. Yeah. You know. Do you want me to stop at all? No, that's right. right. I won't take too much of your time anymore. Much more. Um, your parents were at the game? Yes, correct. Did you try and find me the crowd? No, I didn't know it was. Were they out of Richmond supporters? Uh, Dad was. Oh. Yeah, Dad was. Um, uh, I was St Kilda, because um, Barry Lawrence is related to me in some... I'm just going to sound very Tasmanian, but it is, it is certainly a distant way. Distant way. Uh, Barry Lawrence came from Longford, yeah. which is where I played much of my footy before I came to Richmond. Yeah. So um, I always break St Kilda at number five on the jump. At number 13, I think, when he started. I very much killed 82 was a disappointment. Francis, who lives not far from me, when I spoke to him, it was, he said it's still born and, and all that. Did it affect you as much as well? Um, no, because I thought we'd play in more. Um, and, and like 81 was maybe a year where we got carried away, and it was because we were 21 or 20, 21, and we thought we'd play again, and we probably didn't work as hard. 82, we certainly worked hard. We'd, when Francis came in as coach, and we went in favourites, um, but I think I think we went uh, when it when it started to rain. We were huge. We were a very big side. We had a massive side. And, yeah. and, uh, Mickey Maldas went out with his shoulder, um, and then we ran out on the ground. It was raining, and, and we were we were probably too big. We didn't have the, the little men, and the little mosquito fleet cut us up a bit. And then after, just before half time, we got when it stopped raining, or you know, the second quarter stopped raining, we hit the front and we, we, we went in front in at half time. Three quarters had to come out after, after half time, it's raining again. So if it hadn't rained, we probably would have been, we maybe would have won, but we just, yeah, it really did frustrate us. I have to ask, do you remember the fitness test from Michael Mulhouse? Yes. We've come across a photo that's going to go in the book of Michael being leaving the ground after the fitness test. Can yeah. I ask your memories of the fitness test? Yeah, yeah. Do you mind? Yeah, my, my shoulder would have popped out. <laughs> I didn't have a crook shoulder. It was a pretty big fitness test, and I think, I, I don't know what Francis has said on that, uh, but it certainly, you see players now dislocating shoulders and playing the next week yeah. with all this tape on and things like that. Back in those days, I don't think they would. They knew about taping shoulders and things like they do now. I mean, every second player, even young Tommy's done a shoulder and he yeah. tapes it and he, he's an older player. I reckon if Milo said to tape his shoulder and hadn't, hadn't had to do that big fitness test. Um, the, 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 the silly thing is we watched that fitness test as players. We were hoping that Mickey Moldhouse was going to get through. And the players were watching the fitness test. after Because it was done after training. Mickey was going to play, yeah. um, but it was done after after training. So the players are there watching the fitness test. 
to stand around watching it. Well, we're off, we're, we're off the ground. Cause it was, I, but it was such an important moment. It was a very important moment. Yeah. And I, I reckon if we had, we probably shouldn't have watched. Yeah. Because when Nicky did his shoulder, I'm sure all our you know, hearts sank a bit because he was pretty important to us. He was a very good leader. And, uh, and, and, and I reckon we probably did the wrong thing by watching. But we probably should have been in concentrating on, look, that maybe that had some effect on I can't say it's no. did, but, but, you know, I don't know. Can I ask, do you remember the actual moment he did his shoulder? Uh, yeah, I think he was, I think, I'm not sure, but it was whoever he was, I can't remember the person he was doing, but I'm sure he was being ta- dragged along, and Nick had to hold on with one arm, yeah. you know, and he was being dragged away, and, and, and it popped out. Um, yeah, it was disappointing. Did you recall speaking to him after? No, I can't, I can't Is there a story that sums up in your mind, save our skins? Or is there a story or a moment that comes up to you how bad the club was uh, at that time? I never got involved in the politics of the footy club. Right. Um, but I do, I, I remember Alice Wills and people like that who had just basically spent their whole how to save our skins. They were there all the time. And to have, you know, great ritual people come to the MCG that day and have, I don't know, I just can't remember who spoke, but I think the dead might have spoken. Dyer spoke. Dyer spoke. You know, driving home from training, or whenever it was, and, and turning right into Bridge Road and having somebody shake a tin every time I turned there was just amazing. Yeah. And to, to people, you know, young people giving money, was just, just awesome. But then that could have been the end of Richard Footy Club. We didn't realise how bad it was. I mean, I felt for your dad, who had the coach and didn't have any money to go and get new players. I mean, he would have loved to be able to go and get some of the great players that were around at that stage, but we just didn't have any time. And it was, and it was sad. And it was, you know, I feel sorry for KB because, you know, it was really hard. He didn't have any, any but basically players. The players he had to work with were all us old blokes who we couldn't give him anything anyway. I mean, I couldn't run anymore. You know, but, and it was pretty sad. Very sad. I only have two more questions. I like no, that's fine. No, it's good. Well, you were just talking about finishing up your career. How many games did you finish on? 200. Those last few games, how, how important was it to reach 200? Um, looking back now, it was really important. I suppose back then, like, and I, I spoke to you, Dad. Many a time, about, like I, I was finished. Uh, yeah. It doesn't matter. I, like I, I, I was running around. I think I'm the only bloke ever to be cheered off the ground. In, in, I, KB gave him the last game against Carlton because I said to him, "Look, I, I'm going to have to retire because I, I've I'm had it. I've had it." And he said, "Look, what we'll do, which was very nice, but what we'll do, he said, look, I reckon you deserved 199 games." He said, "I'm not sure about the 200, but he said." Because I couldn't get a kick. So he said, look, what we'll do is we'll, we'll you're going to now, we announce retirement and we'll get you your last game against Carlton, which is a, a foe of, you know, we used to fight against Carlton. The last game could be out of Waverley, which is our home game. It was a night game and it was, you know, I think that was my last game. But then, because the club were really struggling for players, they had a lot of injuries, and, and KB will remember, they had a lot of injuries in, in 1989. And it was, 
for a second that hardly could feel the side. There was kids from under 19, you know, weren't good enough without 19, so they were playing seconds footy. And so I played the last three games with the seconds, even though I basically retired, but to help the club out, I played. We got beaten by 200 points down at July. I was captain. <laughs> I got cheered up the ground <laughs> with Richmond second. Uh, captain, we beat it by 200 points. <laughs> and what was ultimately your final game? My final game. And KB, and KB asked me to, and I, I couldn't walk. I'd rucked all day. Yeah. I couldn't walk. I, I couldn't get off the ground. They cheered me off. And KB asked me, look, would you like to leave the team out for you? Yeah. And I'd rack through the banner down at Toulon. Right. Even though I was, I, I was basically... The seniors. The seniors. And it's amazing if they talk about adrenaline. Now, now I was buggered. I, I had rucked the whole day because there was nobody else. And yeah. I couldn't rack anymore. Yeah. I was basically worn out. We'd been fed by 200 points down to long. I'd rucked the whole game and I couldn't hardly get off the ground. I got off the ground and the players cheered me off because it was my last game. Tears and all that stuff. KB said, look, it would be an honour for you to lead us out onto the ground. Even though I wasn't going to play, I'd already played my last game. And I ran out of that ground like I like it was a spring ticket again. And it's amazing, adrenaline. Like, I was worn out. I couldn't hardly put one foot in front. But I ran out of that ground. Yeah. <laughs> chest out, because my last... And I, I burst through the banner. And, and basically, once the adrenaline stopped, I had to get nearly carried back off again. <laughs> what was the day that Richard beat you on? I don't. Mother's Day was the day we beat you on, I remember. No, I don't think... No, no, I don't think we... No, KB didn't win too many games with last oh, no. And I, I'm sure, I don't think we, well, certainly the second got beaten by, if you look back at the records, I don't know, 1989, last game down at Salon. I'm sure it was a couple hundred points, but KB did ask me, did I want to run? And I, and I said, oh, look, I'd be on it, but I don't know whether I can. But once once I'd sort of had a cuppa or whatever I'd had, I, uh, or something to drink, I, I ran out through that banner thinking, I could play it again, but then when the adrenaline wore off, I was <laughs> But it was an honour. So, and I, and I do, I'll never, you know, not thank you, Dad, for giving me that opportunity to play my two hours. Because if I had gone out 199, I would have been disappointed. I have one more question about a teammate. Yep. And then I want to ask about a mark. <laughs> what do you remember as a teammate of Kevin Sheep? Um, knowing that he's gone on to coach now. Uh, when, I, when I first came to the club in 1977, like I came in 75, but I was only 15, and Richmond wanted to not sign a 4-4 and a 15-year-old kid. So I went back home for two years and played reasonable footy in Tassie and then Richmond couldn't help it because every other club was going to use a 4-4, except... Richmond didn't want to, they were going to try and keep GR and Alan Swab. If, we, if you lived in Richmond area for two years, you automatically become a Richmond player. So I worked at Dimmies as a 15-year-old <laughs> for six weeks in the shoe department at Dimmies. And, and if I stayed in Richmond area for two years, I automatically became a Richmond player. But I was a young, I mean, straight out of school. You know, I left school at 15, 16. No, it's I worked at Dibby's as a 15-year-old man, came across as a 17-year-old, so, and then I was automatically a Richmond player. So you saw Sheedy... Oh, sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry, no, sorry, I've got off the question. No, no. Sheedy, um, my first year over, um, uh, couldn't, couldn't play for a little while because of... Um, that's right, you're right. It's all gone. Um, like a telephone. Yeah, couldn't play... Uh, 
for a little while because I couldn't get a clearance. Long for, long for wouldn't clear me, so I missed the first couple of games. Right. Played with the seconds and then played my first game. And I remember when I first came over, I had a car back in Tajik, get your license at 16. And I um, I had an accident for the first couple of weeks, so I was a shocking driver. You know, a bit different the country roads, coming into downtown Richmond. And I stacked my car, and Shooty gave me a car, gave me his car. You know, because he could go and get another one off Toyota or wherever it was, but he, that was the sort of person he was. He said, yeah, my car. I'm driving this 17-year-old kid, Kevin Sheedy, car. And, and it, it was just amazing how how kind he was and how, you know, just how much generosity. He, generosity tried to help help me along in my footy, you know. And um, Sheedy's last game was against Hawthorne, I think, right? It was the day I took that mark. Wow. And the next day, the next week, Sheedy ran a lap of uh, Waverley against North Melbourne. He didn't play, I'm sure he didn't play. I think he retired after the Hawthorne game, right? Um, you may have to check that out, but I, I, I'm sure he retired after the Hawthorne game. And uh, that was the day that I took that, that mark. Well, that's a beautiful segue into my last question about the mark. What's the best mark you've ever taken? <laughs> that much. <laughs> Without a shadow of doubt, did you ever take a better mark no. even in your junior years or playing in Tassie or anything like that? Can't remember. No. Can't remember taking one, whether it's in a practice game or whatever. But I suppose you look back now, um, to play at the MCG and the cameras that they, there was hardly anybody, there wasn't a huge crowd, but to have two people just take a snapshot of that mark, one in colour, one in black and white. Um, it was just like that was amazing that I didn't know. I, I thought it felt good. I thought, oh, gee, that was that was all right. You know that oh, that must have been up fairly high because yep. it felt like I was up high. But I didn't know anybody. I didn't know anybody had taken a a, a, a snapshot of it. Right. And, and I thought that that felt all right. And, and Mum and Dad were actually over, which was surprising. Mum and Dad watched that game from the MCG. And and Mum suffers with migraine headaches, so. After uh, after the game, Mark wasn't feeling real well, so we went back to my. I was living in Hawthorne. I had a flat in Hawthorne. I was living in Hawthorne, and Mum feels better after she has a nice warm cup of tea. So, so she went into the milk part to get a cup of tea. I don't know why she went in, but she, to get some milk for a cup of tea. She comes out with about four year old son. <laughs> and I thought, wow, you know. Did you believe that it was that, that it was the mark? Yeah, yeah, I thought, geez, there was somebody there that took the mark. And then, then the, uh, I think, that, say, the next on the Saturday, wherever it was, the Saturday or the Sunday, yeah. there was a cold shot of it. Somebody from the Truth uh, Spider, I think they called it Spider or something, mm-hmm. took it in colour. So there was a fellow from the Herald Sun took it in black and white, and a fellow from the, from the Truth newspaper took it in colour. And, and that, like, oh, that was only about game. Sort of 13 or 14, Dad said, "Oh well, mate, if you if you if you never play another game of league footy, you may be remembered for something." And and I suppose you know, I was just lucky, you know, just lucky that there was somebody there. I got a nice ride, and there was somebody there that took a snapshot of it. There's video footage too. There is, but it doesn't look it doesn't look like it does. You know, when I watch the video footage, it happens so quickly mm. that I, you lose perception of how high up you are, mm. and it just happens. Yeah, the perception. Yeah. Cap, the snapshot captures it at the peak of. Oh, yeah, isn't it? yeah. It was just a just a lucky thing, and and I'm, you know, there could have been times when you may have taken something that has never ever been in 
captured in, in still shot like that was just luck. That was just luck. Did you kick the goal? I did. Wasn't very far out. Oh, how, how far? I didn't think. No, I was about thirty. Okay. Yeah, I did kick the goal. Your dad said I was hungry because it was a perfect opportunity to head off. Oh, if I can have one more for dad. No, he doesn't. He's sportsman's eye Well, in that case, I'll leave you. I very much appreciate your time. You're very short notice. Yeah, not a problem, mate. I'm glad you thought of me. Thank you. In the 1980s, I guess.